Hello and welcome to the England Rugby Podcast with O2 Inside Line. I'm Vernon Kay and this week I'm bringing you an episode with a bit of a twist. We have a returning guest on the pod here to fill us in on all that's been happening since we last spoke to him in 2018. We've got a lot to discuss. Here's the man with the gas and one of England's most prolific try scorers ever. We've done some great stuff, but there is still an element of we're not quite content. Well, I certainly don't feel that way. I feel like this group is such a special team. We haven't quite reached our pinnacle yet, that's all. It's only Johnny May. The first cap, or in this case a 50th, somebody in the team will put a presentation together. So my presentation was just like a clips of my friends and family sending me good luck messages and stuff. So, um... That was pretty special and then I obviously just said to the team like I want to do something special with you guys and the fact that my family is it's, it's emotional it's, yeah it's, yeah of course I can tell yeah and those are the moments that make you tight bring you together as well as hearing all about Johnny's development in the last couple of years we also find out about England newcomer George Furbank's guilty pleasures Mamma Mia I'm a big musical fan and that's got to be one of the best on that <laughs> with lots of good stuff to get through we better crack on you're listening to the official England Rugby Podcast with O2 Inside Line, and this is part one of my chat with Johnny May. Johnny May, thanks for joining us again on the official England Rugby Podcast. Uh, we'd last spoke to each other in 2018, and in 2018 we spoke about your rugby career, where it started, what got you into rugby, your progression through the game. But what we're going to do this time is we're going to talk about your career since 2018. So going back in that period, two-year period from 18 to now, any highlights that stand out for you? Well, there's been so much go on, but it's been awesome to be a, manage to be a part of basically all of all of the things here, as well as um, playing most weeks for club as well. So it's been um, a full-on schedule, but there's been some standout moments. I'd say the South Africa tour was was a great experience. Scored in all three tests. We, we played some really good like we actually did play some really good rugby we came out of the blocks unbelievably in the first two games we ended up losing them but we ended up winning the last game and that was off the back of I think we'd maybe lost like four four games or five games there was a bit of pressure on us so to get a win was, was special out there and then what would we have come back to straight after that autumn we played against New Zealand Australia um, South Africa we nearly beat the All Blacks then we go straight into a Six Nations which again was some Great rugby we played. We had a really good result away in Ireland. We had a really good result with France. We narrowly lost away in Cardiff and then had a good performance against Italy and then a, a crazy game against Scotland where we ended up drawing a game where, we're, again, we were way up in front. Bit of a roller coaster and that went straight into Japan. And now we're here. Yeah. And pretty much with the same group of guys, mm-hmm. which has enabled this squad to develop both physically together and mentally. Yeah, I completely agree. We've We've gone through it all together and like you just said, mo- the, the, the vast majority of the squad's been the same. So everything we've gone through, we've grown as as a team and that makes it special because you're sharing it with people. That it's, It really is like a family, this squad now. Um, what we've been through like from 2018 off the back of, you probably spoke to me in, in the Six Nations or just after Six Nations, which was a bit of a, a dip for us. And then to turn it around and have a few real great moments and a couple of frustrating ones but the overwhelming feeling is is just proud to have been a part of it because we've done some great stuff but there is still an element of we're not quite content well I certainly don't feel that way a little Um, bit more to achieve yes I feel like this group is such a special team I can't imagine being in a more talented squad and a more hard-working squad and a, a, a squad that is so tight and a management group that's just so brilliant in preparing us I feel like 
we haven't quite reached our pinnacle yet, that's all. But I think from a fan's perspective, and especially from my perspective, having been around you guys for a long period of time now, we always get a sense that it's coming and we always get a sense that we're not at the peak of where we can be. You know, we've had some difficult losses, obviously, uh, Japan in particular and, and a couple of other losses, but we really have faith in you guys because, like you said, it's a really tight squad that's been together over a long period of time. Mm-hmm. Exactly. All we can do is is what we are doing and that's yeah. we, we take it one week at a time. Eddie's huge on that and we just try and get better. And like you said, there has been some outstanding performances and some brilliant performances and some great results but there's also been those few two or three that have just got away and that's probably the reason why we 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 haven't quite achieved or won things that we want to win if we keep improving we can achieve achieve more things now you've scored 29 tries for England all right that makes you joint fourth in the all-time list for England at the moment Rory Underwood is top with 49 in 85 games but if you work it out right your average tries per game is higher than Underwood's 1.73 versus 1.89 tries per game what do you think's been the key to your consistency because I know last time we met the other guy who's consistently pushing himself his personal development the tries are a funny one they are because um like you said it's pro- if you look at those stats it's probably a flip of a coin whether you score one or not in a game but you could flip a coin 10 times in a row and get 10 tails couldn't you so um it's something i've learned not to get so hung up on but um, now you get the ball johnny in, in a game can you feel the crow take a deep breath because we've kind of expected you to carry at least an extra 35 yards because everyone kind of goes go on johnny no, that's nice that you say that, but it's true though. I'm not lying. But when I'm out, when I'm out there, I'm I'm, f- I'm as fully in the moment as I can be. Of course, there's distractions and things that challenge you in a game, but I've just got to try and keep myself on task as much as I can. But to play, how, how much study do you do around the guy opposite you? Not too much. Like every team we play and every opponent I face, like I show them as much respect as I can because they're obviously going to be great players and great teams because it's international rugby. But within that 95% of everything I do is about what I can do and what this team is doing. Mm. That's how I feel is the best way to prepare. Nice. I like that. Do you feel like the better you get, the bigger a target there is on your back Um, from the opposition? I probably don't think of it that way. I more, I more think the more I put in and the further I go down this rugby journey, the more it's certainly only looking one way. And that's, that's the more pressure I put on myself and the, the harder standards I put myself onto and, that's certainly a little bit uncomfortable and sometimes that's difficult, but it's certainly a price I'm willing to pay at the moment because I want to be a part of this team more than anything. Oh, I love that. We talked about it in the previous podcast that you do a lot of out-of-season training to develop your speed and your agility. Are you still doing that? I did go to um, Texas after South Africa right? because we had an off-season opportunity there and that's at Michael Johnson Performance Centre, so... Obviously, Michael Johnson's the sprint sprinter, famous sprinter. He's got a um, like a training center there. Yeah. A lot of the NFL guys go there to train for their combine, and I went there a few years ago, and because and I know it and I know the guys there, and I've been there before. It, it was it was easier, and it, I just I felt like I could just go there and, and get a couple of weeks training in there. But um, after Japan, we literally had like a week, and then we were back to our club. So um, more so from the Japan onwards, it's been a case of just not ever working too, too hard, but working consistently quite hard. That persistence almost is the way to, to improve because you don't have the opportunity to really flog yourself one day or, or think I'm going to train really hard because you've got games all the time. So it's about just getting up and doing the little things over and over again. I guess you've just got to stay, try and stay fresh, really, if you've got that 
high volume of games on a regular basis. You've just got to make sure that, obviously, God forbid, touch wood, that you're injury-free mm. is the main thing, and then uh, stay on top of your game. Right, your 50th cap. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, it surprised me that you get one cap for your first cap, mm-hmm. you get a 50th, and then a 100. You mm-hmm. don't get a cap every game. No. No. Where did you put your 50th cap? That's a special one. Um, it's on the... Is it dresser? Is it on a mannequin or is it just sat there? It's just sat there. <laughs> I hate to say it, but it's gone a bit rusty. I don't know whether I'm meant to polish it, but it's not looking great. It's still right. Can I just interrupt? That's Joe Marler, by the way. So we're in the, we're in the training facility. And, uh, and Joe Marler got I- wind that I was coming down to the training centre. Yeah. So coincidentally... I, the iconic figure that the is. The first time I've ever seen him do... What time is it? It's five past eight and he's decided to do a gym session. You know what? It was only a matter of time before we made this about him, wasn't it? Why don't you come, <laughs> why don't you come over and take a seat? Are you lifting weights or are you on a podcast? I told you he'd be listening. Didn't I say he'd be listening to every word? Just but. for everyone listening, how much weight have you got on that? Too much. Marler, rugby icon. He's doing squats at the moment and he's got one, two, three, four, five, looks like five and a half plates yeah. on each side. That's what I'm talking about. Not I can't do that sort of training. That's the sort of training that would run me into the ground. I'm not sure what he's achieving over there, to be honest with you. Just loves pushing tin. More of a thing for his stress. Let's not make him angry. I forgot right. where, we, where we were. Where is your 50th cap? Do you ever wear it? It's not. Oh, I need to explain to you now. It's, it's more of a trophy. Oh, what? Oh, I it's, didn't realise it's, well. it's, it's a little trophy of a cap. All right, fair enough. Can you remember the game that involved your 50th um, cap? Against Australia. Of course I can. It was <laughs> it's probably one of my proudest moments to lead the team out. But it's it's funny, I spent most of the week not stressed about playing the game. I was really, really overthinking a bad habit of mine, but I didn't know if I wanted to lead the team out or not because I just but like I said to you, I very much just want to treat every game the same and why should I try it? put more on this game that it's just it's just try and just be like I like I prepare for every game. Like it's and, just another game. And I just, I didn't want to affect my teammates and making them think I was stressed about it or or make it about me or, or anything like that and I just didn't I'll be honest I was just thinking I don't want to be the guys to lead the team out and lose in a quarterfinal <laughs> as well but to be fair I spoke to a couple of I spoke to George for I spoke to Faz and they were very much saying go on mate lead the team out it'd be good for, like we want you to and it would be awesome and it, and it really was so I'm really glad that I did do it. Friends and family must have been really proud Johnny. So I was lucky enough to have my family and my wife out like my mum and dad my sister my nephew my wife were out there, so um, no, it was, it was. You can't really describe it in words, but um, do you have a picture of it? Yep, I give my shirts and stuff to my mum. She's got that framed, and there's a bit of like a like a wall with some of my shirts on it at home, and that's gone there. So um, love that. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I think you know you work so hard, continuously striving to be the best that you can be, and obviously the best in the world. But yet, at the end of the day, we always want to make our parents proud. Mm-hmm. We do a little thing here. When it's your first cap or a special or a fiftieth, it seems to be those two occasions. We always have a, a players meeting the night before a game, so that's like at seven thirty or something. We'll get together, and this is every week, um, and we'll talk about. Fans would always talk, obviously being captain, he'll put it to the group what we feeling, what we thinking. Anybody had any ideas or or any emotions, or we discuss how we're feeling and. and tactics or anything about the game or anything about the training week um, just get it out in the open and also if it's a first cap or or in this case a 50th somebody in the team will put a presentation together um, so my presentation was just like a clips of my friends and family sending me good luck messages and stuff so um, that was pretty special and then I obviously just said to the team like 
I can't remember what I said now, but it was just a case of like, I want to do something special with you guys and the fact that my family and it's, it's, it's emotional. It's yeah, yeah, of course, I can tell. You've literally just had the people closest to you speak to you in a way that you wouldn't speak mm. normally mm. In, in a team where you know such a bigger things around the corner. And, and a group of guys, like we said earlier on, yeah. that you spent a lot of time with. Yeah, and those are the moments that make you tight. Like JJ had his 50th. Mm. He had a similar one with his dad and his friends and ex-coaches and these moments that we share together are what bring you together. Hi, I'm Willie Hines, England Scrum Half, and you're listening to the England Rugby Podcast with O2 Inside Line. If you're enjoying this episode, don't forget to show the podcast some love by leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. We'll be back with Johnny shortly, but now it's time to hear from a guy that's getting used to playing alongside Mr. May. England fullback George Furbank is here to divulge his guilty pleasures. My musical guilty pleasure is Justin Bieber. Anything, to be honest, his old stuff, his new stuff. Yeah, he's a bit of a guy, isn't he? My guilty pleasure when it comes to food is probably lasagna. Is that count as a guilty pleasure? Um, it's got to have garlic bread with it, obviously, as well. That's probably what I could go to before a game and stuff. And yeah, I'd really enjoy, really enjoy a good lasagna. A guilty pleasure that I like watching on TV or a film is Mamma Mia. I'm a big musical fan and that's got to be one of the best, isn't it? <laughs> I'm not sure musicals really count as a guilty pleasure in the England camp anymore after what we've heard in the past. And remember, you can listen back to the podcast about the musicals with various players in our archive. Thanks for that, though, George. Back now to my chat with England winger Johnny May. You're constantly working on improving your game. We talked about that a little bit earlier on. You're very diligent in your stretching and your pre-post-match regime. What areas of your game do you think have developed the most in the last 18 months? I think like the way test match rugby's going, we looked at this. In fact, we had a stat the other day, but like teams are kicking the ball more. So that's a tactical ad- adaptation to where the game's going, probably because defences are getting better. It's probably beneficial a lot of the time to, to see less of the ball give the team you're playing against bad ball and, and try and force errors from them and that's just the way the game's going at the moment but for me that means chasing kicks and catching kicks um, so that's something that I've worked hard on and I've just identified as an area where I need to be as good as I possibly can be at it because that's an area where I'm very very highly likely to contribute to the team like we spoke about scoring tries I might do I might not I'd love to get the ball in space a lot and lots of nice touches and all those nice bits um, but test match rugby isn't like that so you've got to build your game around things that are highly likely to happen and, and within a game of rugby the most likely thing I'm probably going to have to do is chase kicks and, mm. and catch my high ball so um, that's something I've worked on Let me ask you about when you go up for a high ball that psychological element of knowing that someone is waiting for you to land with the ball is that learnt or is that something that comes from within? It's more and it's just when all that's going on whether you're going after a kick or receiving one just just staying 100% focused on the ball and just trying to own that space. Imagine nobody's there um, because if you start thinking, oh, somebody might be coming from there or um, there's somebody here, you, you don't dominate that space or you take your eye off the ball. That's good advice. So just really, really just try and, try and picture, pretend they're not there mm. and really just focus on the ball. And I just think well, I want to catch that ball when I'm at my highest point um, and just try to think nothing about what anybody else could be doing. That's just what I try to think. Yeah. Do you think every England camp has made you a better player? 100%. 
every opportunity you have to come in here is um, why you work so hard at your club for. And it's, it makes you better because you're, you're playing in the toughest games against the best players in the world with, with the best players. And I guess country. I guess with this set of coaches that we have and mm-hmm. obviously Joe Marler's over there, those, those kind of mm-hmm. guys who've been around the game for a while, they'll never let you get complacent. No, hopefully... Especially within the unit, it's about three. Like, if I could name, like, we've got Anthony, we've got Elliot, we've got Jack, Joe, Ollie Thorley's come in now. We've had so, so many. Uh, sorry if I've not mentioned anybody, but so, so many good back three players to play with these guys. And it's, it's not at all a case of competing against them. It's not because we're not going to beat each other at what they're good at. But hopefully, like, um, I've certainly learned a lot from playing with these guys and hopefully I've helped them out as well and that's that's exactly what it's about Brilliant uh, Off the field have you managed to develop ways to cope better with the intensity of being a professional rugby player? <laughs> because you're always wanting you know to push yourself and become better and better and better and you said that you know it's difficult to kind of stop thinking about trying to get better yeah. Do you watch yourself? What analysis? Yeah Yeah I know you do it as a group within the team but do you ever kind of did you get an iPad and say, right, I'm going to watch the game on no, my own? So this is uh, something that people might find interesting. Basically, um, we obviously have a group of analysts who review our games and it's, 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 it's brilliant software or whatever you want to call it. But the day after the game, for instance, you can go into the computer room, um, you open up the game, you can just click on your name and then it will just go roll through a clips reel or, or a, this video of every single involvement um of your game and that's not just when you touch the ball it's the tackles you make it's your kick chases um it's your passes it's all the breakdowns you hit so it's not even that long but you maybe have like maybe as a winger 30-ish clips Mm. 30-ish involvements and then you can just click on it it's that easy to see what did i do in this moment what did i do in that moment it's a great tool to have isn't it Mm -hmm. to allow you to analyze the game because you can spool it fast spool it slow really break down frame by frame 90 percent plus of everything i do in a game, I know, oh, I got that right, or I could have done that, or, I should have given that. Most of them, it's like, boom, that could, that was good, or that could have, but gone. Mm. There's probably one or two where you're like, what has just happened there? Because it's so much going on from this guy shot out the line, or that's happened. You're like, right, I don't know what's happened there. Those are the ones that you want to look at. You'd lie if you said, oh, you didn't get caught up on something you've done good or caught up on something you've done badly. But the challenge is to constantly get back on it. Interesting. So at home, you've, you've done your analysis, you've watched the game, you've relaxed. Do you do anything in particular to relax off the field? Are you a movies person, a music person? No, it's good. We know you like, we learnt in Bristol that you like to play the drums. Yeah. I think the guy is still suing us for using his drum kit. He was fuming, wasn't he? <laughs> it is a thing, like, don't touch my drum set. Drum, drummers do not like people touching their drum set, do they? Um, it was very funny, though. And you were really good. Oh, well. Do you have a gum, drum kit at home? I have at my parents' house. I right. have an electric one, but not in my not in my house. But no, to switch off and and try and relax. That's the theme as my career goes on. Is there's probably less relaxing going on. It's something I'm aware of. Um, probably something I need to try and allow myself or fit in more because it's important. But I struggle with that. I'm always thinking oh, I probably should be doing this now or that now. Or maybe part of me sometimes thinks that's probably how I cope with a with a test match at the weekend if I think if I go from one thing to the next thing to the next thing to the next thing before I know it, it's bedtime mm. um, when I sit down and relax that's pr- unfortunately sometimes when I start either feeling bad for doing it or start worrying about other stuff so um, just keep going yeah there is opportunities within the, within the, the way the week works I like to try and work as hard as I can as early as I can in the week so come basically Friday afternoon I'm basically done and then do you do a, do a vanity session like Joe? no <laughs> 
No, anymore. Joel says you do eight-minute abs. That was part of my programme when I was a student, yeah. Talk us through that. I still do lots of core work. I try and do a little bit of core most days, really. That's That was all right, the eight-minute abs stuff, but I try and do more functional things now. Right. But the eight-minute abs thing is something on YouTube. Um, there's two versions. <laughs> If you were to YouTube it, there's like the Joel's 80s, laughing there's, in the there's like an, I don't even know what era it is. It's maybe like an 80s uh, Lycra. Oh, that, kind that of, eight like, minute on, abs. On that. Oh, you know. Yeah, I do know that one. Good uh, grief. But it's good. No, it is good. Give it a go. That one. But the better one probably is um, the robot one. And that's basically computerized, like metronomish. Right. Like a, a 3D figurine doing the movements. Um, that is, is, is challenging. So Unbelievable. Give it a go. Johnny, as always, it's yeah. an absolute pleasure to sit down and chat and just mm-hmm. get your a real honest, open insight into what it's like being Johnny Mayer playing for England. Love that. Isn't that right, Joe? See? <laughs> You're right. Selective hearing. Yeah. Johnny, thank you very much. Thank you very much. And that's it for another week. Huge thanks, as always, to our world-class guest, Johnny May. And if you want to learn more about Johnny's role to international stardom and his connection to Ed Sheeran, no less... You can also head back through our archive to listen to the original episode with him, as well as a host of other England stars. As always, a huge thanks for listening. From me and the team, it's goodbye.